Hey, Steeler Nation, this is Chad Brown, and you are listening to SteelerNation.com podcast. And hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast. Sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises, I'm your host, G Striker, and with me is one of our newest members of Steeler Nation. I'm happy to introduce longtime friend of the podcast, Colton Gesser. Colton, how you doing, my friend? What is up? How are you? You know, uh, glad you had a nice Father's Day. I'm glad to be part of Steer Nation. It looks like we all <laughs> had a little solid week here. It's a win-win for everybody all the way around. And it's it's so nice because uh, you probably put in the second most hours of Steeler Nation with me on the draft this year. You probably were up there around 16, 17 hours with me yeah. on the draft <laughs> of the 20 I was on. So that's, it's nice to have you here too, uh, just to help out and do everything else. So, so welcome to the team, man. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. Not a problem. Hey, first item on the agenda that I'd like to talk about tonight, training camp's going to be July 21st, but we just don't know yet where it's going to be. Colton, what do you think? Yeah, I was reading stuff that Brooke Pryor had tweeted out from Mike Tomlin's uh, comments after minicamp, and uh, the fact that he doesn't know is kind of like, all right, let's let's get things rolling here because it's going to come <laughs> up sooner than we think. So, right. uh Right. Um, I would love to see the old traditional way come back um, last year, clearly because of COVID doesn't happen. I'm hoping this year, since stuff's starting to open back up a little bit, vaccination rates are higher. The Steelers are one of the highest vaccinated teams. So Devin Bush post that on his Instagram, uh, I think last week or the beginning of this week kind of thing. Um, yes. Yeah. He posted yep. that he's vaccinated. So they're one of the highest teams, I think the highest in football. So I'd love to see them at Latrobe. Hopefully they can figure this out soon. Yeah, fingers crossed, because we are now under a month. It's the 23rd now, and we've got the 21st for the first day training camp for us and the Dallas Cowboys, since we're going to be facing off in the first preseason game of the year for the Hall of Fame game in Canton. So uh, have we heard yet whether the Canton game's at 100% capacity yet or not? I don't think it is. Okay. I don't think it is. I, I I have not heard. I'm telling you, it's just one of the things I forgot to research right before I started the show. But now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, ah, I'm not sure yet. <laughs> see, see what we got here. Yep. We'll have to find out. But first thing I want to talk about with training camp, we got some training camp battles coming up and we're getting a lot of talk now about cornerback. And we know that the biggest aspect with cornerback was Steven Nelson leaving Mike Hilton leaving Sutton being retained. Is he going to be slot corner? Is he going to be outside corner? Looks like he's going to be the outside corner. And now there's a lot of talk in free agency about the draft pick from Maryland last year, Antoine Brooks, possibly having the inside track to that slot position this year. What do you think about that? Yeah. He's looked really, really good mini camp, a lot of good reps out of him. And I thought that was one of their steel picks last year. Um, yeah. Again, they had a lot of steals last year from our guy, Kevin, all the way. The list is there. They had a fantastic draft last season. Um, well, yeah, I thought Brooks. Everybody was rostered. Of course they had a great. Everybody yeah. was on the roster at one point or at another, and at the end of the season, everybody was on the roster. Absolutely. They, yeah. they always draft well. I mean, geez yeah. Louise. But, yeah, I mean, I was expecting a little bit more out of Brooks last season. Um, a little nicks and bruises there in camp and never really got the full reps going, never got in the swing of things. He looks to be the part this mini camp. I can't wait to see him with the full training camp here um, and see what happens in preseason. But so far he looks great. I was looking at all this tape, all the comments that are coming out of camp and they love him. And yeah, he has that it factor that I saw at Maryland, you know, uh, watch yeah. some of his tape because every single time they draft someone's like, all right, w- let's watch these tapes, see what he looks like. And he's got that Mike Hilton kind of speed on the edge. Could be that guy. So we'll see. I'm excited. I'm excited. He, he's a thumper. And if you watch him at University of Maryland, 
I mean, the guy just slammed into people and hit them like, like Ryan Clark hard. I mean, this guy was making visible audio auditory tackles. I mean, when this guy made tackles, you heard that crack in the stadium and that's the biggest thing I'm excited to see. And he had a ton of TFLs playing in that um, middle linebacker money backer slash strong safety position for, uh, for the Terps. Uh, also, I'm really excited about his athleticism. Uh, he grew up right here, 13 miles from the Terps as a quarterback. He is an athletic man. He understands the game. He plays the game hard. He knows where the plays are going from having all that experience as a quarterback running a team. So to me, I can't wait to see a guy like that kind of turn it in his second year and start making plays as the quarterback, possibly on the defensive side. Yeah, we've seen a lot of our young draft picks knock on wood as of late, these younger secondary players making strides um, as they've gotten more comfortable back there. Figure Terrell Edmonds, everyone called for the first two years. Oh my gosh, this guy's got to go. He's awful back there. Right. And last season and the year before that, you saw huge strides, especially last season. Um, I was kind of surprised. We kind of talked about it when they didn't pick up his fifth year option. I was kind of surprised they didn't, um, <laughs> but you know, I guess the price tag where he's at, I guess was kind of one of those things. Same thing with Bud. Um, it was one of those things. See what the price tag is for him. Can clearly Minka is well deserving of that fifth year option. But yeah, going back to Brooks, um, I'm excited yeah. watching that tape out of Maryland. Like you said, he's he's a thumper, and he might bring that it factor to the defense. Um, there's a lot of questions about the secondary with Hilton leaving. Um, it's, there's a lot of questions, so we'll yeah. see. They got some holes they got to fix and they, yeah. they got some guys that are stepping up. Um, the seer looks really good as well. Yeah. Um, so he's having a solid camp. So I'm excited. You know, it's one of those things, uh, the secondary, that's a big question mark, but right. There's a lot of promise in the back end. That there is. And shout out here to Steeler nation. We're all over here on the, uh, on the chat. A lot of you guys ch- chiming in on the YouTube channel, Robert C, Kenneth Beamer, Gabe Gotti. Uh, it's hey, cheers to you, Steeler Nation. Welcome back. And uh, Zachary Moore also giving a meow to my cat Lexi. Thank you very much <laughs> over there on the Twitter side. Uh, love you guys, love the input. You got any questions? Obviously, we'll be fielding questions as it is. Uh, another camp battle coming up. I want to lead to uh, talking about punter, man. It's going to be uh, Percy Harvin the third against Jordan Berry. How do you see that one? Who's going to win that one, Colton, in your opinion? <sighs> I th- we I saw you on the last show talking about it. It's one of those things they've been trying to get rid of Barry for the longest time. And it's like, oh crap, here he is. He's back in camp again, and he's back kicking. Um, yep. I think I think Harvin's got a really good shot at this. Um, yep. you, you draft him for a reason. If yep. you you, you could have waited till after the draft, maybe he doesn't get drafted. No, you drafted him, which tells you a lot what they think about him. Hmm. Um, I think he's got a legit shot. Again, Jordan Barry was not bad for them last season. So I think that also comes into play here, but you got to see what this kid can do. And the fact that he has a little uh, tingle there in his uh, arm where he can make some plays in the um, special teams. So I think he's got an advantage here. He's drafted. You're not going to hold two punters on the roster. It's not going to happen. I think he's got a fair shot at winning this battle. Especially now it's going to come down to how well is he going to be able to hold the ball um, and how, how well is he be able to do that X factor? If, you know, if, if Danny Smith wants him to go ahead and do some fakes on fourth down, whether with his arm or Run. possibly with that huge body slamming through the line with one yard to go with a lot smaller players on the field, since 
defensive linemen rarely play on punt teams. So that'll be an interesting factor as well to see what happens in that respect. Absolutely. I don't disagree with me on that. And uh, here's one that I want a camp battle I want to bring up. And it's one we haven't talked about before, but I, I've been putting some thought into it. More than I'm starting to think about it, the more it's starting to make a little bit of sense. And possibly that second round pick and Pat Fryer move. I knew where you're going with this one. At tight end, man. I'm starting to think like we might actually have a camp battle between him and Eric Ebron to be possibly the number one tight end. So that's that's what I'm starting to think about. I'm, I'm thinking there might be a chance since Pat's seems to be a more versatile option. He's definitely has better hands. He doesn't drop the ball as much having never, never had a drop in college in the red zone and also being a better blocker. So what do you, do you think I'm just crazy right now, Colton, or is uh, Eric Ebron just a locket starter? No, I don't think you're crazy at all. And you called it on draft night. You called that <laughs> pick and uh, I'm still going to tip my cap to you for that one. Thank you, sir. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I've seen some stuff on Twitter about it right lately. And I kind of knew as soon as you said, Oh, uh, you know, a little surprising one. I already knew you were going with, I'm not surprised at all. I think mm. he's really, really good. Um, again, the passing, the pass, the blocking game is huge. Ebron yeah. doesn't have it at all. Yeah, no. Um, and, and, and it's, I think it's going to be even more glaring now that we don't have uh, Vance McDonald there to yeah. be that solid blocker in the running downs that we had before. But even, even he had a down year last year, but it seems like a whole yes, line had a down, down year last year. So I'm not yeah, going to throw everything in Vance's lap. No, absolutely not. But yeah, Ebron, it's not like Ebron took a, you know, took the reins like, all right, this is clearly my job last year. No, Ebron had plenty of drops to go around, big drops. Um, and again, the blocking game's not there. So that's also like a little minus mark on Ebron. So yeah. um, and this kid can do it all. So yeah. we've we you watch the tape, this kid can do it all. Um, and Ben likes him. Ebron's talking very highly of him, which Ebron should maybe should watch his back because I think this kid's going to make a real mark in camp. I think he's going to have a really, really big season for Pittsburgh. And inside linebacker, we also have, we know uh, Devin Bush is going to be back. He's going to be starting on that side. Uh, we've got Spillane and Vince coming back too. Um, it seemed like the Steelers were kind of ready to move on from Vince Williams when they decided to cut him for salary cap purposes, saving some big chunk of change. Uh, but then ultimately ended up bringing him back. So to me, you know, obviously it seems like Spillane is the more athletic player, but Vince Williams has just shown he can make plays every time he's on the field as well. So I, I think it's at least smart for the Steelers to keep three solid starter caliber inside linebackers with all the issue, injury issues they've been having here lately. Yeah. They, they don't need it this year um, with middle linebacker. They got too many bumps and bruises last season. That's a position that needs to stay healthy for them this year. Um, and I'm praying it does because it, that was bad last year. The injuries on the middle linebacker spot was glaring. And you saw in that playoff game, um, Spillane was really, really rusty in that game. Um, I'm really glad he's back. I love me some Spillane train. Mm -hmm. um, me too. And I just like that there's a mix of guys there. Devin Bush can do it all. Yep. Spillane's really good in the run game. Kind of reminds me of a Blake Martinez mm -hmm. um, from the Giants, former Packer. Yeah. Um, and Vince, you know what Vince brings to the table. Um, so I I'm excited for this year. I'm excited for the battles and inside. You got three quality guys. They can all, they're all starter caliber guys. Seriously. Yeah. 
And thanks to Robert, too, over on YouTube. He was looking around as well. He said he can't find any announcement on the Hall of Fame being full capacity yet, which is why we're we were correct in not knowing. <laughs> because <laughs> I don't think we know yet. Yeah, but we've got a little yeah. bit of time. Hopefully the Hall of Fame will be making an announcement soon, and hopefully it will be at capacity. I don't know if anyone knows whether the, uh, you know, uh, professional games in Cleveland or in Ohio or at capacity. Uh, but for baseball, you can kind of never tell because nobody really shows up for baseball games anymore. Um, the, the last position I want to talk about is one of the most interesting is it was the third round draft pick that we had in Kendrick green. And, you know, I, I think he probably has the most upside at this position since the two people behind him in both Hausner and in BJ Finney, neither of them are starters in the league. Both of them are spot starters. And to me, it's, I don't really want to rely with the center position going from an, a perennial all pro to a spot starter. Uh, when we have the ability to upgrade through the draft and hopefully get this guy on the field and maybe make some mistakes early, but you know, get it out of the way. If he's the best guy for the job, we need him on the field. No, again, like you said, those guys are spot guys. Those are the guys that uh, if God forbid something happens, they can slide in there. And from what you're hearing out of camp, he looks good so far, Green. Yeah. Um, he looks really comfortable there. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. They're probably going to start him there. I wouldn't be surprised unless some of these guys look really, really good and blow him out of the water. It's like, all right, we got to go here. Yeah, I see him starting, like you said. Let him get his issues out of the way right away, and um, let him figure. Let him get his rookie bumps out of the way. Figure it's not a quarterback, and he's got some help with the caster there at guard to help him figure out some things, point things out where he's going to start seeing it like Pouncey was seeing it. Yeah. Um, so I, I think he'll be just fine. I think that's, you got to go green. I think my personal yeah. opinion on it. And talking about Kendrick green, we got to talk about his contract a little bit, obviously, you know, what's the holdup? It's, it's an interesting situation. He hasn't signed yet. What are you thinking? Yeah. I mean, you always see, there's always a guy or two where it's like, all right, you got to get every nickel and dime in your contract kind of thing. I get yeah. it because he also might know that he might be starting here right away kind of deal. And he's like, all right, I'm trying to get every single dollar I can here. I'm not a guy sitting back on the bench here where it's like, all right, no, he's trying to get every dime possible, but they'll figure it out. He's, he's always seemed to figure their way out. Figure Roquan Smith was a big one with the bears two years ago, three years ago when he was drafted where I was like the, what a month before the season i felt like it started he figured out his deal finally yeah um it's gonna get you know time has to pass i don't know what takes so long with these deals but uh i think there's no nothing there like oh well, gosh what's gonna yeah. go on here i think there's nothing to freak out about well the interesting thing with my research so far is, is looking at the third round draft picks across the entire league only 13 players out of the 42 players drafted thus far have signed contracts so what that means is the slotting for your salary really hasn't been lined up yet with so many players not yet signing yet in that third round. Everybody else slotting the first round, second round, and from past the third round, it seems like was pretty easy. Steelers signed just about everybody, snap, 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 really, really quickly at the beginning of the month. Um, but it seems like this third round, uh, in the past, there's been players signing earlier and then ending, ending up taking lesser value than they would have had they waited a little bit and gotten a couple like 10, 20,000, 30,000 extra in their contract because they're still slotted. He's not going to make first round draft pick money, second yes. round draft pick money. He's still slotted into his third round, but it's it's making sure that he and his 
agent are making sure that they're getting the maximum amount for his slot. And that's all they're waiting on right now, it seems. So once some of these third rounders start getting drafted here in the next couple of days, you'll see Kendrick Green start to join in and hit that slotting uh, as well. So we're just keeping our fingers crossed till he joins the team. And uh, you were talking also about, because I, I, I'm happy with no matter who's going to be playing center here, because I really like both guards. Dotson is going to be a, mo- a monster. He's yep. Flat out, like, I love him. I loved him last year. Loved him when I interviewed him. Uh, loved his family. Huge Steeler fans. Awesome guy. And I can't, I love rooting for the guy. But DeCastro now is a question mark because why would the Steelers think of bringing in Trey Turner? I mean, this is a guy that is also a perennial Pro Bowler. Five of his eight years, he was in the Pro Bowl. Um, but he only plays right guard. So, is there something up with David Castro? Yeah, I think it was, again, seeing stuff from last season with his comments, like he wasn't all in on it. He was banged up last season, which also doesn't help. A pandemic season, that doesn't help. No fans, no juice behind the season kind of deal. Um, yeah, there were some question marks on his comments. I don't like seeing, you know, half halfway in the door, which, which way you're going here. You got to be all in, I feel like, as a professional football player. Um, you can't have one foot in, one foot out. Right. And seeing some of his comments were, you know, makes you scratch your head like, oh boy, here. Like, you know, you know what we have here at guard. This is one of the best guards in football. Yeah. Um, and having him questioning, you know, if he's in it or not. Steers are kind of planning here. Um, mm-hmm. Possibly just making sure. Um, and it's also a nice backup piece. Um, where you have a guy that's really good in Turner, but he hasn't been on the field either. He hasn't played a full season, I think, in two years Yeah, since his last full season. So that also comes into play where it's a really, really good player, and if you can get him at the right price, why the heck not bring him in? Um, But, yeah, I don't like saying that with DeCastro. Um, and, and, and since you're saying that also – DeCastro didn't play a full season last year as well. He only played in 13 games. So I think he was given a game off too, when he was technically healthy last game of the season. So I'm not going to count that one against him. So probably two of those three games uh, he was missed due to injury. Um, But I wouldn't say he's a perennially injured player. He's usually absolutely not, you know, he's got one season with 14. It looks like uh, two seasons with 15 and one, two, three, four seasons with 16. So I'm, I'm not calling him an injury an injury prone player and at all in the least. So hopefully he'll be back here soon as well. Um, a couple, a, a little bit of news too, that I just wanted to touch on um, before. Uh, I guess we got to talk about Ken- Kenneth is talking about it right now on the, on the chat here on YouTube. So TJ Watts new deal. What do you think he's worth money wise? Again, family. It's one of my favorite things ever. Family, family guy. Oh my gosh, can't even speak tonight. <laughs> Blank check, sir. Whatever number you want to put on it. That's it's literally <laughs> what it is. He's give him a blank check. Whatever the number is, you give it to him. Um, yeah, he's up there. He's literally more than Miles Garrett. Probably another one or two million more because Garrett's one of the best in the league. Also, he's there. Yeah. He's he's. There's no way he's getting any less than Garrett, Bosa, any of those guys. He's He's the one of the best rushers, if not the best rusher in football. Um, and I'm so glad we took him over to Taco Charles to thank you, Dallas. Um, he's been an absolute monster. You know he's getting the max. He knows he is. Pittsburgh knows they're not going to botch this one. Yeah. That's their guy. They're going to take care of their guys. Um, 
he's going to get that max. You know what he's getting. And we got Cooley Man over there, Mr. Robert, on YouTube telling us he did some research where the Reds announced they were going back to full capacity on June 2nd. I think he meant July 2nd, but Ohio State is also expecting to be at full capacity this season. That bears well, hopefully, here for our capacity for the Canton game. So there just hasn't been an official announcement yet on how many players are going to be there. Yeah, I didn't even know two for hockey if the Columbus uh, uh, Blue Jackets or if the, uh, the the Cleveland Cavaliers were playing at full capacity back when they were playing. Uh, but thank you so much, Steeler Nation, for doing some research here for us. On the fly, we've got a team. That's why Steeler Nation podcast is the best podcast you can listen to, Steeler Nation. We get the information immediately as it comes in. Thanks to the Ste- thanks to all of Steeler Nation. Um, yeah, for me, it's I'm, I'm the same way with you. It's back up the truck for TJ Watt. And you know, I, I'd be happy if we could find a way to sign him for 25 because he's starting to look like he might be a 30 mil player. And, you know, as football fans, we're used to seeing 30 mil players being quarterbacks. Yeah. Not anymore, man. Like you get your elite, elite pass, uh, pass defenders and, and rush defenders. They're going to start hitting that kind of money. And this might be one of the years where they back up the Brinks truck might even get a little bit more cap space actually uh, from this initial year, because I, I think he's slotted to count right around 10 or 11 mil against the cap. I think I have that window open on, on what he what, is currently. What on did the cap. Bud get? Bud's 18 and a half, correct? Is that what he yeah. is? Was yeah. He... He's, he's right around 18. Yes. Yeah. So TJ's definitely yeah. around 26 yep. million, um, 25, Easily. 26. I think any amount that we get underneath of 30 is a freaking steal. Yeah, it's one of those it's one of those things you're going to compare to the rest of the top guys like I just mentioned Garrett Bosa, you know, the list goes on with those guys. And you're like, TJ, we're going to put you right there with those guys. I'm going to give you, you know, a million more. Um, But I also don't want to handicap the team here. You're not a quarterback. But again, there's no worries. They're going to take care of their guy. There's there's no way the Steelers let TJ Watt walk. You saw it with Antonio Brown those years back. Um, when Mike Wallace oh, was, cool. you know, the show and go guy here in Pittsburgh and the Steelers knew who their number one receiver was going to be in Antonio Brown. They made that tough decision with Wallace. Yeah. They brought in Antonio. They're, they're smart with their decisions. I trust this organization all the way. Colbert. That's my guy. I just trust the Rooney's. This is my team for a reason. They know what they're doing with their players. They're going to pay him. Yeah. One of those things is like, it's not like going to next season. Oh boy. What are they going to do with TJ? They're going to tag him. Please don't play these games here. They're not, they're going to get a deal done. Yeah. And uh, Robert shooting back to us too. He was definitely on point. June 2nd was the actual date. It was an older story. And that's when the reds went to full capacity. So they're, they're at full capacity for baseball over there in Cincy on the, on the left side of the state. So that's a, that's a good sign for having full capacity moving on. Um, Also, In the news, I wanted to touch base on this, and uh, congratulations for being in the day and age where an NFL player can finally come out and say that that they are gay and they're happy about it with Carl Nassib, former Penn State alum, now current Raider, um, coming out and being a great player in his own right, being the first uh, public gay player in the NFL. I mean, I, I think it's nice progress for the NFL and we'll just have to see how the rest of the league kind of reacts to it. But um, do you have any initial thoughts on this, Colton? Yeah, I liked his whole um, video that he made. Um, it's not that he wants all the praise and stuff. He just mm-hmm. wants to be a public figure and that's huge. Um, yeah. You know, it's huge for him to actually have 
um, the confidence to go out and say that, that he is, um, he's yeah. been in the league for a few years now, I think three or four years, former Brown, um, now with the Raiders. So, um, it's, it's good for football and seeing the support from his teammates, seeing a few teammates in there, awesome. Solomon Thomas, one of those newer teammates, awesome. I'm commenting in there. Hey, you know, proud of you. It's the support's there from the league. And like he said, it's not about him. He goes, I don't want to be, I don't want people to have to make these videos that they're gay and that like, Hey, we, this, I am, he yeah. doesn't want that. And yeah. uh, it's a good stepping stone and uh, hats off to him for coming out with that. And Steeler fans. I mean, obviously we already know we're comfortable with it. We had a gay player for years, big play. Willie gay loved him on the outside, making big plays to making touchdowns, obviously not homosexual, but we still, do not have any problems with uh, gay athletes on our team. So moving forward to going from uh, fr- from uh, from from that story into an old player's story who used to be a great in Pittsburgh, the saga between Andy Reid and Le'Veon Bell moves on. Another ch- another chapter in the saga. Andy Reid comes off to social media and states uh, he enjoyed his time with Bell and he's pulling for him. And Le'Veon Bell essentially said, bullshit. <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, Le'Veon said he loved his time in Kansas City. He loved the players. He thought the locker room was one of the most tight-knit locker rooms in all of the NFL. And those are all great things to say. But he's like, he's like, that, that coach is crap. Uh, I, I think the coach probably just flat out and said, you know, you're not the best and you need to start working hard as opposed to just assuming everybody's going to bend over backward because he might have been the reason – that Andy Reid made sure not to resign him to ensure that that awesome locker room chemistry didn't start getting soured by a, a malcontent locker room problem that is Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, Bell hasn't been the same since he left Pittsburgh. Um, I I think the man regrets leaving Pittsburgh, and now they got their number one back here. And yeah, you can't say that stuff about Andy Reid. I mean, Hall of Fame coach. He knows what he's doing. Le'Veon Bell does not know what he's doing. He hasn't made the right decisions ever since he left Pittsburgh. New York was a disaster. Never had a 100-yard rushing game there. He literally has not been the same running back. So he needs to shut his mouth and hit the get back to what he was doing in Pittsburgh, working hard and figuring out what he's going to do with his career because he might not be in the league much longer. He got a short little money span there from the Jets. He may not be on a roster. I would not be surprised if he's signed unless there's like a big injury on someone's team. Isn't that um, crazy? <laughs> it, it's crazy to think one of the best backs what, about. four years ago. Yeah. And, and so di- diverse too, with this pass catching an excellent, excellent blocker on third down too. When people blitz as one thing, he never got a whole lot of credit for, but he was amazing about cutting down people uh, blitz and free on uh, on third down too, as well. Yeah. I was going back through pictures the other day. Um, hmm actually yesterday and i was looking at giants pittsburgh game that i was in i'm looking at pitch i'm like oh my god let me on bells out here wind up as a wide receiver what running back does that and it's just like wh- he's going to be out of the league if he keeps this nonsense up like he's too much on the media if if you were like Patrick mahomes you want to be on social media you want to run your mouth a little bit go ahead yeah you're about to be washed out of the league my friend it's going to pass you by um it's getting younger and you're not really young anymore so Let's go. So, again, I like to love you on Bell. I have no hard feelings how it was in Pittsburgh. He won his guaranteed money. Um, I have nothing against him, but he's just running his mouth, and it's it's not yeah. a good luck. Just no. take your lumps and, like, let's go. 
Yeah. And Steeler Nation, keep chiming in. Let us know your questions. We're going to have a couple more topics here, and then we're going to start pulling for questions for Steeler Nation. Uh, just so everybody knows, everybody always asks what I'm usually drinking. I'm drinking in my uh, Pittsburgh Penguins koozie, which is my favorite koozie on the planet. Uh, but I've got my Hell or High Water uh, from 21st Amendment Brewing Company. It is officially summer when Stryker cracks a Hell or High Water. That is my summer beer of choice. It's uh, delicious, it's heavy, and it gets me going. So, Cheers to you, Steeler Nation. Thanks for being part of the show tonight. Cheers to you, Colton. Cheers to my water today. Mm. <laughs> uh, I'll make sure I get the memo for next time. I got, oh, that's my, I'll that's my morning drink. We always drink during the show. I mean, that's... <laughs> I'll, I'll get a drink of choice for next week I got, or next time. I got one for you. Perfection. Um, now, moving on, um, Bill Cower received the Irish Funds Award, now named for Dan Rooney, and he was presented with what now called the Daniel Rooney ambassador award at the Ireland funds, Pittsburgh dinner on Monday evening at Heinz field. And according to the release from the Ireland's funds organization, this award is presented to those who reflect Mr. Rooney's leadership, love of Pittsburgh and contribution to the community. And the organization advocates to support for the support of Ireland via philanthropy with goals of peace, culture, and charity. So really interesting um, award and, and congratulations for Bill Cowher being back in Pittsburgh, winning another award. His next one's going to be coming up here in Canton. So uh, we're going to see him get his Hall of Fame award. And I think Rooney is presenting him, that, that, well, Dan Rooney to the current president, yep. I believe is, is represented. Yes, now. yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Art, Art Rooney too. Sorry, Art Rooney. Deuce. Got, got also check out his new book. I gotta give a uh, coach a little shout out on his new book. I actually just bought my father for Father's Day, and I know he's really excited reading. I will gladly be taking some of that action after that. Nice. What's the title of the book? So we can... Oh gosh, is me... hardest steel? Is that what it is? Let me look it up here quick. I think it's I think it's hardest steel, something like that. But I've already seen yeah. some quotes. I've seen some quotes of it on Twitter, and it's I'm Heart, really excited. Heart and steel. Heart and it. steel. Yep, Heart and Steel. And Steel. Anywhere you can buy books. It looks like it's all over Walmart, Amazon, everywhere. So Heart and Steel by Bill Cower. A little bit of good reading for this Hall of Fame coach coming up for his Hall of Fame ceremonies. I always love these kind of books too. So I'll definitely be checking that one out as well. Um, the last thing I wanted to touch base on before we start getting the questions was Kevin Colbert on Draft Scout was ranked the best GM in the NFL. And that has to do with draft picks over time, making excellent trades, making excellent free agency moves to always keeping this team competitive and obviously winning two Super Bowls, going to a third under his tenure. So congratulations to him getting some kudos that he he actually deserves. Yes, he actually does. I'm sitting here. I was um, the station I'm going to be working at here, 97.3, and he was talking about because they hammer the GM here in Philly, and he was talking about, oh, name me a good GM. Name me a guy that does well. I'm sitting here. I'm like, I don't want to be a homer, but Kevin Colbert, I can't really complain with any of his draft picks, what he does with the roster. Yep. Uh, so I kind of kept my mouth, but I'm like – Maybe over here you might want to you might want to check out the other team in Pennsylvania, another one that actually has a little more stability. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, he, he. I'm so glad he's getting the credit he deserves. I know there was, I think it was like two years ago, he was contemplating retirement. I know he's kind of been on a one year deal kind of thing. Just he doesn't want to fully commit because he doesn't know when he's going to step out. 
But I'm glad he's still here. Oh my gosh, he's so good at what he does. Oh my goodness. You know what's crazy? The division is in the division has been loaded with great GMs. Mm. Figure Baltimore there had yeah. um oh my gosh, can't even think of the guy's name. That's just retired a few years. Oh, that was uh, Ozzie Smith. Yes. yes. Or was Ozzie Newsom. Ozzie Newsom. Ozzie Newsom. Damn, Ozzie Smith was the old baseball nah, player. No, but it doesn't matter. The Different first Ozzie, name right. gave, yes. <laughs> first, first name helped me out, but figure Baltimore and Pittsburgh have probably had the best GMs in football. Um, and what you see the stability, how good both these franchises are. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's awesome. One um, more thing I would like to add before we get into questions. Please, Terrell Edmonds. Terrell yes. Edmonds posted about – contract year mm-hmm. i want to hear your thoughts on what you're expecting from terrell this year like i said we said earlier he was fantastic last season for them what are yeah. your thoughts on him having a contract year this year i am happy that he understands that this is his contract year he's been a lot like bud dupree in his development being a first round draft pick and really not getting that those splash plays that you're expecting out of a first-round draft pick. I mean, he was solid last year, very, very solid. Uh, still, I'm, I'm still waiting for his greatness. I'm still waiting for him to make great plays. And if this pushes him to be a greater player, I'm 100% for it. Because he's already came out and stated, yeah, he, he did not get that fifth-year option like his uh, – his teammate right there next to him did and Minka Fitzpatrick for next year. But he also said in the same breath, that does not mean he's not going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler next year. So he obviously loves playing in Pittsburgh. Uh, we have his other brother here, usually on the roster or somewhere in the in practice squad with the, the running back, the other, uh, the other right, Edmonds. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so it's fun to have more than one family member on the same team to keep you around. But we'll we'll have to see how he actually performs. I think if he performs, he's going to get paid. And then it just comes down to, are the Steelers going to be the one to try to pay him before he hits free agency? Or is he going to leave and try to get his money elsewhere? Or do the Steelers let him go and watch free agency set his value and then have him come back, which they've been doing here with some of these players here. Like, geez, case in point, Steven Nelson, still not signed to a team. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited by that tweet to me, at least I think it's a positive for him stating I'm going to be working harder this year to try to be the best, uh, safety I can be. And that will turn into money next year, whether it's with the Steelers or with another team. So, yeah. You know. and, I'm, and I'm still thinking there is some talk with Malik hooker, um, former USC man. And, um, I'm thinking that might also be a play. Um, maybe that's why they didn't pick up the option. Maybe they had some talks with Malik Hooker, um, former Colt, who had one of the best plays um, two years back, that one-hand interception. But, yeah, um, Malik Hooker also the, you know, had some talks. I think Dolphins, Dallas, and Pittsburgh were teams that Malik Hooker met with this year so far. I think he liked Pittsburgh, so that might be another reason why the Steelers didn't fully commit to Edmonds. Like you said, I think he hit the nail right on the head with the Bud Dupree thing. Um Dupree didn't show that he was that first-round talent that we were expecting out of Kentucky till that last one or two years on his contract. And I was like, uh, I kind of can't give you this option because I've only seen it once. Yeah. Um, well, so- I, I remember when they, we fifth-year option Bud Dupree and half of the forum on Steeler Nation went nuts. Like, they lost their minds. I'm like, are you kidding me? He had a great year. And the fifth-year option is a way to keep him on the team for another year to see if they can get more value out of it. It's essentially 
the cheapest franchise tag you can have on a rookie. It's, it's essentially getting another year though. They're playing at like essentially just under transition money and you get them locked into another year. So it was a no win. He had a monster year before he got hurt too bad. He didn't stay healthy the whole year. Otherwise that, that could have changed the trajectory of the whole team. Both, both linebackers drop and was probably equally as uh, detrimental that both happening about the same time of the year was really when, we started losing football games too. So, <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. And I think, and another thing before we get into the question, it just keeps popping up. Um, sure. Another position battle in camp, mm-hmm. edge rusher back up behind TJ and Highsmith. Roach looks really, really good out of Miami. Um, Cassius Marsh, we kind of talked about that little thing. Um, I think you can have a lot of potential out of Roach. Um, Six round pick out of Miami, I believe. Um, I think he can make a big, big splash here for them kind of like Highsmith did last year I think um I don't know what your thoughts are on I think he could be really good for them well I I think Roche as it's like to be called like Bobby Boucher and I want to see him out make him conflict like that's a a fine glass of water that's a fine drink (laughs) right there go out there I just gonna make that tackle the the place I can Uh, so if he goes out like the water boy and starts dropping people I'm all for Roche coming in being the swing uh, outside, uh, uh, outside linebacker, but the Steelers already showed they were interested in Carrington um, and Carrington, the old Washington outside linebacker. Yeah. And they, they made an offer to him before he ended up signing with the Eagles. So Steelers may still be looking to improve that slot in free agency uh, to at least provide a little bit more is Cassius Marsh, the, backup answer next to Roche. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, he Marsh has shown, shown flashes, um, but I don't know if he can carry the team, but I don't know if he's in the right system before in the past. We'll have to see. It's a question mark and you're right. 100% that swing uh, backup outside linebacker. 100% is a question mark. Yeah. They so got we'll to look into it for sure. Just you saw last year, how big of an impact it was losing, but again, Highsmith held his own. He did great. But you got to be prepared. Yeah, you do. Um, You got to be prepared. And uh, Steeler Nation, time for questions. Kenny, I already got to that question earlier. We talked about Brooks in the slot already at the top of the show. Go back and listen to the recast, and you'll catch the beginning of it. And we we, we had a lot to say about that. But we're excited for him as well for possibly being the uh, heir apparent to Mike Hilton, should I say. So now it's time for questions from Steeler Nation. We grab all of our questions first from the Steeler Nation forum. First question coming in from Slash Steel. Do we think training camp will be open to the public? We already kind of touched base on that. Um, And yes, you know, ultimately, if it's in Latrobe, I'd have to say, yes, it will be open to the public. But if it's in... UPMC, I don't know if they have the ability at the UPMC practice facility there uh, on Southside for it to be able to even be open to the public. So it may be determined on where they practice to being the determining factor on whether or not we can have spectators there watching them. Yeah, and if they do it um, in Pittsburgh, I think they might have a few things where they're at Heinz Field where fans can get in. but I do agree with you on that. If it's at Latrobe, there it's going to be open to the public. And thank you very much, Robert. We've got our own resident Statler and Waldorf already rolled into one person. Re-listen. Hell, it's hard enough to listen to once. <laughs> there you go. Thanks so much there, Cooley. I appreciate it. Uh, next question from Slash Steel as well. Any news on Loudermilk? 
Uh, can he come in and be a starter even for a game or two? Well, I don't, I think that might've been from an older one right there, but any news on Loudermilk? And right now, at least I haven't heard too much on Loudermilk other than there was some chatter during uh, OTAs and some mini camps stating that they like his athleticism and they've been comparing him to a guy that we drafted in the first round, who's our defensive team captain in Cameron Hayward. Yeah, he looked really good. I, again, the Sewers had a great draft. Um, <laughs> all these guys have impacts um, yeah. from top to bottom of the draft. These guys, whether it's special teams or coming in for a snap or two, yep. I trust this team. And I think they did a really good job drafting. We were excited on draft day. Again, nothing really, really splashy. Um, but just, just fitting the needs and, yep. and you're, you're spot on. Like we fit that need in running back with Najee Harris immediately. Pat Fryermuth immediately need at tight end Kendrick green immediately at center. And then we needed help and backups with, with a possible swing tackle, possible extra tackle Dan Moore jr. Fourth off the board. Um, then you had buddy Johnson looks like he's going to be a special teams player starting off, but giving us some, uh, some ability here in the inside linebacker and some extra backup and extra depth at an inside linebacker. Uh, Isaiah Loudermilk was the, was the surprise of the draft, in my opinion, moving back into the round for a spot where I thought we already had enough players, but he's, he's obviously an upgrade and somebody's going to be, have to be competing for a spot um, because Loudermilk's going to be trying to take one Roche at the swing tackle, yeah. Trey Norwood in secondary. And then, my guy, possible starter in the seventh round, Presley Harvin the third. So uh, interesting to see what he becomes. And again, the Steelers do it with free agency as well. They grab positions where they don't have to invest all the way in the draft. Where it's like, oh my gosh, we got to take a guard right. here first pick. Right. We got to take a running back here. Um, I keep forgetting the running back they brought in from the Chargers last season. Oh my gosh, I talked about him last time I was on. I'm forgetting his name. The one the Steelers brought in, yeah, from the Chargers. And that was in preseason, right? Yes, it was. He didn't. He didn't get rostered, did he? Christ. No, I'm talking about this year. No, they brought him in this year. I'm forgetting his name off the top. Oh, of on, on the on the team, he's currently rostered. Yeah, yes, I'll, yeah, I'll they just sent him. I forgot here. his name off the top of my head. Uh, Crike. He's good for the Chargers when the Echo was hurt. Yes, it was. Ballage. Kevin, Ke- yes, Kalen Balage. Kalen Balage. Yes. See, see, now I'm now I'm mispronouncing names, and you can correct me. Kalen Balage. Nah, you correct. You correct me all day too. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yep. So Balage. Yeah. He. I mean, obviously, he's a pretty diverse back in his own right. Um, it's going to be interesting because that last running back spot looks like it's going to be between Snell, Balage, and um, uh, uh, Jalen Samuels. So that's going to be a real interesting uh, battle there in camp. Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of crazy how far J- uh, Jalen's fallen off a cliff. I thought Jalen's going to be more involved in this offense. Look back, what was it, two years ago when they had that halfback toss against uh, – um, who the heck did they dominate with that with him? And it's he's kind of been irrelevant kind of since. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been the same running back. I don't understand why. And, yeah, yeah, I agree. But – um. Zonaberg's got a question. Is Latrobe even a done deal yet? No, it's not done yet. We're hoping that um, that it ends up being at St. Vincent because that means we're going to have fans and that means we're going to have a lot of them. So hoping for it. <laughs> we got questions over here on uh, YouTube as well. Now I'm going to go with, uh, w- with Robert C. Mr. Cooley, man. Uh, I actually really do like this question. Um, 
and not necessarily, I mean, you know, even though I might not like the person asking it, but he's saying not NFL, but what do we think about the NCAA going to a 12 game playoff? It's not official yet, but it looks to be close. And I'll start with you on this one, Colton. Money, money talks. Why'd the NFL add a team? Money. Money is the only reason why it gets more money for the schools. Yeah. It gets more teams involved. The NCAA can make some more money on Fox, CBS, ESPN bidding for these games. It's all it is. Um, yeah. And it, it shuts the people up there like, oh, what about this team that was getting hot at the end of the season? What about this team that had a bad loss early yeah. on? So, yeah, right. And then you're out of it. So and, I, I think unless you're in the is. SEC and then you still get in two, three teams in the four, yeah. 14 playoff anyway. So my thing about this, and here's my personal uh, opinion on it. And I'm like, finally the NCAA division one football program has an actual playoff plan because four teams, two teams voting on who wins was bullshit. Absolute bullshit. And I couldn't stand it. As a Penn State fan, I stopped watching, pretty much watching all of college football in 94 when they decided to give the national championship, not to the undefeated Nittany Lions that had way more talent on that team, but ended up giving it to Nebraska and the uh, girlfriend beater quarterback down there in Nebraska for that year. And that stuck in my crawl hard because I think the next two years they gave co-championships to the next uh, couple teams. And it's like, Penn state deserved a championship that year and it hurt. It hurt a lot as a, as a huge college football fan at that time. But now since I've been out of it, watching the two game, watching the four game BCS, it's not even a championship. It's called a BCS. It's a bowl championship series. So you're playing for a bowl championship championship, not for the NCAA championship. So this will actually be an NCAA championship. You're going to have more than two to three conferences being represented. I am a full proponent of the top 10 uh, for both polls, AP coaches poll. As long as the top 10 is represented, I think that is an adequate baseline for having the right teams play in a playoff system to determine who the national championship is. And it will be the first time since 1993 that striker here would, will recognize an NCAA national champion. And it shuts up the fact that uh, UCF would have gotten the doors blown off. Coastal Carolina would have gotten their brakes kicked in. Right. It shuts it's, that conversation up because you're in it now, point. folks. See right. what you got. And you can prove it. You can hang with the big boys. And it also helps those schools, too. So figure UCF can stay afloat like, hey, we're getting actual TV time here and we're getting our respect. Yep. Same thing with Coastal Carolina, how good they were last season. Same thing with BYU. Um I think it's good all around. Um, and you always have those question marks. Oh, my gosh, that five team should have gotten in over the four, yada, yada, yada. They're all in. Please be quiet. See who deserves to get in. Yeah. And Brian Brown over here on YouTube as well, chiming in. Do I think Jalen Samuels can make the roster? And I do. I honestly do think Jalen Samuels can make this roster. And that is because Matt Canada is a better planner and a better schemer and Jalen Samuels has already shown he's pretty decent at blocking on third down. Probably our currently our best blocking back for third down. He's probably our best pass catcher out of the backfield uh, being essentially a slot receiver and a scat back more than an actual running back. Steelers made him into a running back. He wasn't a running back really in college. 
uh, close to like 300 catchers or something in college. So this guy knows how to catch the ball. So yes, I think with a more open offense and a lot of different scheming to utilize his skills, he's got a shot and he's got more diversity in his ability than say Benny Snell. And, you know, Kalen Balaj also seems to be a little bit more versatile than Benny Snell. So right now to me, if I had to pick on the odd man being out, it might be Snell. And that's a guy that a lot of Steeler Nation loves. And I know you love Snell too, Colton. Yeah, I love me some Benny Snell football, right. Kentucky boy. Um, I just don't – yeah, I hear you. Um, it's going to be really interesting. I just think the way Samuels has kind of fallen off a cliff here um, the past year and a half, like I said, going back when they had that like halfback toss and he was killing it. Um, he has not really been involved in the offense. It's like, where the heck is Jalen Samuels at here? Um, again, Matt Canada might be a little bit of a different guy, the more um, explosive offense kind of thing where he can use the versatility of Jalen Samuels. Mm-hmm. Um, and if Benny Snell doesn't get the passing game involved, because nowadays you got to catch the ball out of the backfield. You yeah. have to, you have to, you have to. Um, I think it's going to play a factor um, if he wants to make this roster. So, And I love Benny Snell, but he's got to catch the ball, like you said. Right. And Kenneth Beamer coming in with a question in all caps. TJ will break the record for sacks this year. Yes or no? I think the only way TJ Watt has a chance of winning the defensive player of the year is if he breaks the NFL record for sacks this season. I'd love to see him put up 30. I mean, that would just be all. I, I can still see him put up 30 sacks and still lose out to Aaron Darnold just because Darnold gets blocked a lot. Blah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was messaging you left and right after the <laughs> oh, game, dude. Donald, the right. defensive player of the year, and it's I, I'm I'm not gonna go on a rant because I could literally go on for five minutes. But I mean, he's a pit guy. I can't hit uh, on him. Too nah, much, so. absolutely not. He's very very good at football. <laughs> he, he is, but uh, I'm not. Honestly, I'm not trying to be stupid. But oh my gosh, last, he every last category. Years, I mean, the year before, I could kind of see. Yeah, it was yes. more of a neck and neck. But this past year, no, no freaking, no freaking way does and he missed the game. Any yeah, exactly. Exactly. And he missed a game. Yep. <laughs> like, come on. Oh yeah. And he still had way better stats than anyone else. He led every major category, but one to Donald. Right. It's, it's not, uh, again, uh, he's very good. He's going to get paid blank checks or whatever you want to put on it. And we, I'm glad he's on my team. That's so so how many sacks do you see Watt having this year? What, what, if you put up a, a number on it, what would your number be now having 17 games instead of 16? Go 18 and a half. Okay. That's, 18 that's and a half, 19. Um, depending how much a step Highsmith takes, we saw how good he was at the end of last year. He's all going to be better. And if he's better, that means TJ gets more looks, especially with the line up front with Cam and Tyson. Hopefully Tyson stays a little more healthy this season. You know how good he is in the pass rush. And yeah. Quero Stefan too with 10 last year. So if those guys all stay healthy up front, I think TJ can easily get 18 or 19 because – you want to double TJ? What two would get 10 plus sacks again this season? Right. What Cam Hayward get six or seven? Right. And Highsmith get double digits. So good luck to you. Double TJ. It's going to bite you somewhere else. So, and especially when the division kind of got worse on the offensive line. Cincinnati didn't want to touch it. Uh, Baltimore traded one of their best tackles. Right. So, and Cleveland Clearest is one of the best lines in football. But yes, agreed. Yep. It's uh, opportunities there. And, and what has TJ Watt done his entire career, but get more sacks than the year before seven sacks as a rookie, 
13 as a sophomore, 14 and a half two years ago, 15 last year, leading the league with 15 sacks. I think I'm with you. I think I think he's going to be close to 20. I could honestly see him hit 20 just because of the fire that's lit under his ass, especially in the Watt household, where you know his brother is still giving him crap about the fact that he's got three DPOYs to TJ should have been two. <laughs> so I, I see that really lighting a fire to, because that's, that's how the Watt family is. They, they push themselves to be better than they were the year before because they take pride in it and they want to be the best that they can be in their family, even more so than the rest of the league. And that, that's a high bar. Just being a Watt is a high bar. It is. Yeah. I've gotten into this discussion multiple times. Uh, you taking the Bosa's or the Watts? Right. Uh, what? I know Nick Bosa looks very, very good. And Joey's yeah. very good. Yes. I know what I got from the Watts. I've seen it consistently. They're on the field. Uh, TJ, uh, JJ, as of late, hasn't really been on the field because of the injury. Yeah, he's been injured. Yeah. He's got three MVPs, defensive player of the years, I mean. Right. Um, and yeah, the Bosa's got none. Um, and TJ should have gotten one or two. So I'm clearly taking the Watts. They're both explosive. And I can't w- wait to see JJ paired up with uh, Chandler Jones out there in Arizona. Oh, I know. And last question that I see right here coming from uh, Brian Brown. Do I think Ray Ray McLeod will have any returns for a touchdown this year on special teams? Colton, what are your thoughts? I'm going to give him one. I think he's got the explosiveness Um, after that muff punt. Oh my, that was the Ravens game. I believe he fell off a cliff after that. He He, lost his mojo, but before that I was waiting. It was like, Oh my gosh, we got to return it. Yeah. It was electric watching him return up until that point. I'm with you. What are your, what are your thoughts before I get your point on that? I'm seeing some comments on him getting some shots in the slot. Mm, I don't understand it. I get he's explosive at the catch. We have Deontay Johnson for that. I don't understand taking a guy like Claypool or Juju or, for that matter, James Washington off the field for Ray Ray. Before well, I get into your thoughts on that. It, it comes down to slot positioning and positioning across the offensive line uh, for your receivers. We have, we have three positions that we utilize for receivers. We got the X, we have the Y, which is the slot, and we have the yeah. Z. The X receiver is the guy that's getting all the catches. That's always been the Heinz Ward. It's now in, in a- Antonio Brown. It's now uh, DJ. It's Deontay Johnson. He plays the X. You got actually Juju plays the slot. He's been playing big slot for the last couple of years. And we've had so many players like we, we keep drafting Z players and they're always the taller, faster guys that stretch the field a little bit more. And that's your, that's your James Washington's that's your uh, clay poles. Those guys play the Z. So at slot, yes, Ray Ray is really, he's the only slot we have. I think the backup at the X right now would either be Juju or Washington um, Ray Ray, I don't think really can transition to being an X, but his quickness and being an inside player lends itself to being a slot player. So if you're utilizing those skills and mismatches, when you go four wide or even three wide, you might have him just darting laterally across the field faster than just about anybody else though. You know, I, I can't really admit discount Claypool being able to throw him and run him left to right as well. But we always end up trying to have fun tackling him. Yeah. But Juju's the guy that's normally our slot guy. So it's not like Ray Ray's taking tackles. It would just come down to certain personnel moves. If for me, it's more like I'd want to work Ray Ray in for like a slot screen or a quick end around jet sweep, 
something like that. Like that, those aspects I think would be best suited for Ray Ray's skill set, as well as like running east west quickly, hopefully with a linebacker on him that he's beating him to that sideline that he can turn up and rip up a play. So that's what I, that's that's the type of that's what Ray Ray is on this team. And you know, he essentially is doing that on special teams as well. And, you know, like we said too, like he was absolutely electric every time he got that football last year. Like I, I was on the edge of my seat expecting something big and he was putting, ripping off some big runs and making she some was. people miss until that miss. And then after that miss, he became like Hank Poteet. If any of those older Steeler fans know, like Hank Poteet caught the ball and just like went like this a couple times and like didn't move anywhere and just got tackled. Uh, and it looked a lot like that, but you know, I, I I'm, hoping he does get his mojo back like you alluded to Colton. I love that usage of that term uh, and being able to come here, start fresh again this year because he is electric. And when he's got his confidence, this guy can make plays. So I'd love to see him score a touchdown. And I hope he scores multiple touchdowns on special teams because that would make this team even more difficult to game plan for. Should we finally get that returner that's helping us to shorten that field on offense for Ben and company. And Last question or last statement here with Kenneth states that Juju wants to play outside this year. I, I hear you, Kenneth, but it, it's, he's the slot. I mean, we got so many play. We, I mean, you got to think about it. You can't really put DJ in the slot. I don't think he has the, I don't think he's durable enough to play the slot. You can't put Washington in the slot because he's not fast enough to play the slot. You can put Claypool in the slot, but I don't think he's shifty enough to play in the slot. I prefer no. him to use that speed on the outside. I can so, see, I can see DJ. Um, that's that's the only thing I agree with. You. It's, D, yeah, it's DJ. It's the yeah. answer you can possibly and, put in the slot. And, and it's like that. I mean, yeah. If you, you can swap, maybe like the best thing possibly would be isolate Juju and DJ on one side. If you don't like what you're doing, switch them at the line of scrimmage and run the patterns then off of the other sides. And and that's what that's what we're going to see out of Matt Canada. So it may be a moot point the way that we're going to be moving around players pre-snap to try to get uh, a good pre-snap read for Ben in this Matt Canada offense to see who is going to be open in the open read right off the snap um, as opposed to just lining up and running plays like we had to all last year where everybody knew where we were going. But What else? I also think Juju just wants to get down the field more. Juju, if you look at all of his routes last season, he was two yards yeah, yeah. off the ball. So I think he wants to get down the field more. I think that's maybe why he wants to play outside so he can get down the field more and be more explosive. So in the slot, he can be just as scary down the field in the slot. So I think Canada will get some plays down the field for him because he can go out and make some catches and he's got the breakaway speed. We've seen that these past what four years since he's been in Pittsburgh, he's got the speed to break off some guys. So I think that's just what it is. You can clearly he's at Heinz Ward getting that tough three or four yards you need on a third down and four or five, but get him down the field a little bit more, please. My gosh. Is yeah. You're, you're, you hit the nail on the head, man, because he was only averaging 8.6 yards a catch last season, way down from his double yeah. digit averages, 15.8, 12.8, 13.1. I mean, Last year was an interesting bird and to get close to a hundred catches and not even be near a hundred yards, 97 catches, 831 yards. I mean, obviously he was making plays too. Like, and there was a lot of plays where he was way short of those sticks, but he made the athletic plays and made people miss and extended for that first down. Uh, like every single yard he got last season, he freaking earned. 
he freaking earned. <laughs> so, I love Juju last year, man. Oh, I know, gosh. man. Heinz Ward, he got those tough yards you needed to move the sticks. He did all the dirty work last year. She did. All the dirty work. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm expecting him to have a much better time this year. Definitely having a running game will help out all of the receivers and all their stats and all of their yards <sighs> per catch is going to go up. Because it's going to make the offense so much better instead of a freaking quick two yard, you know, a quick yeah. behind the line, try to get a yard thing with the juju uh, run. Yeah. You know, I got, I got a legit back. Yeah. Here you go. Najee, get me a yard. Yep. And he's going to hell. Get me three on yeah, third and three. Now seriously, that's what's, get me four have that on sprinkle. third and four now. Yeah. You can run a, you can have him back there or have him in shotgun with Ben and Ben, see something spread everyone out. Go Najee, go baby. Yeah. Or, so or the I'm dink excited off. for this offense. Boop, boop, take it off. <laughs> and now he's making those one-handed catches and practice and stuff too, man. And he loves to hurdle people. So I can't wait to see that on an NFL field. I really oh, can't. I'm getting more and more excited. To I can't see wait him. to see him. on. <laughs> so excited to have it back like this. Well, oh. well, <laughs> so uh, next Brian is asking our next show and I'll, I'll talk about it. Brian, we'll be back on next week. Usually I'm on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. Um, but yeah, usually I try to make it every Tuesday because that's usually when I'm on every year or every uh, time during the year, just to make it give a nice wrap up at the end of the end of the each week, whether it's a Sunday game or a Monday game. Um, but yeah, we try to do Tuesdays. Uh, I got kind of um, screwed up with work yesterday and I had to, I, I passed out. I, I literally passed out at six o'clock, didn't wake up till 1230. So I missed that my window yesterday for the show. And that's why we're doing it today. I took a nap right before the show today too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but I set my alarm. I set my alarm tonight, and that's why I'm here. <laughs> and, but this week, though, Steeler Nation, go check out the Yinsers on Friday at 930. They're going to be right here on the YouTube channel. Same one right here, youtube.com slash Steeler Nation. Uh, and they are going to be having our newest wide receiver, Isaiah McCoy, the undrafted rookie free agent out of Kent State, who's rostered now. And they're going to talk to him about his path what it is to be a receiver and those girls are going to have a, a great time grilling him on uh, on, on the state of Pittsburgh and then in the Pittsburgh Steelers and the state of the nation. So looking forward to that interview on Friday night. And if you miss it, make sure to watch the replay of course, in the podcast, check that out on the website at steelernation.com. Colton, great having you on the show again, my brother. It's an honor to be on with the man G striker, baby. <laughs> Love talking to Steelers football with you. And tell Steeler Nation, how can we follow you on Steeler Nation before you start writing your, your articles here for Steeler Nation? <laughs> you can find my personal account uh, at The Real Sea Wagon on uh, Twitter or my podcast page at Foul underscore podcast. Getting that thing going really soon again. Uh, supposed to be getting Michael Burton on fullback from the nice. Saints coming on hopefully really soon here. But uh, glad to be part of Steeler Nation now. And the name of that podcast one more time is a little quick personal foul podcast you can personal. find it on twitter at foul underscore podcast perfect thank you so much my friend i know i'll be seeing you again soon and uh you know like i said welcome to the team <laughs> i'm glad to be here man glad to be here awesome awesome so steeler nation make sure you come over to steelernation.com and read our articles tweet us at steeler nation instagram us at steeler follow the steeler nation podcast on twitter at underscore sn podcast follow your host myself steeler nation striker on twitter and instagram at sn striker striker spelled with a y thanks for joining us for the steelernation.com podcast sponsored by total sports enterprises i'm your host g striker with colton gesser rooting along with you as always Go Steelers!